Maybe you've heard the term dispensations. Maybe you've heard it in a negative manner or a positive manner or just heard it and wondered what it's about. Don't miss today. The subject is the dispensation of promise. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to All Things Apostolic. I'm your host, Jeremy Wilbanks. Uh, in this session, we will continue our overview of the eras of time that we're calling uh, dispensations in our dispensational reading of Scripture. Uh, dispensations from 30,000 feet. It's a flyover. We're getting the details from way above. Uh, we have covered the first three dispensations, those namely being the dispensation of innocence, conscience, and human government. Uh, today, we will continue forward into the dispensation of promise, which is also referred to as the patriarchal dispensation. Uh, <clears throat> the dispensation of promise or patriarchal dispensation, uh, this era begins in Genesis chapter 12 and will continue through the exodus from Egypt and the giving of law to Moses by God in Exodus chapter 19, and it continues forward. But the beginning of that uh, law giving is in Exodus chapter 19. Uh, just a very brief overview of some very important points that happen here in the dispensation of promise. Uh, very important elements are introduced or at least brought to the forefront. They are present already, but they're brought to the forefront in this era. Namely, and I'll do my best to be brief with these, but namely, uh, some of these elements are this, that monogamy and adultery are, are addressed directly. Uh, one example of this is in Genesis chapter 12, when Abraham travels down to Egypt, and he is afraid because of Sarah, his wife, who is uh, a beautiful woman. And he says, when we go down to Egypt, I am going to tell them that you are my sister so that they will spare my life. And uh, so he tells the Pharaoh of Egypt that uh, Sarah is his sister, and Pharaoh promptly uh, takes Sarah from Abraham. And uh, whatever was happening the Lord was not pleased, and Scripture says that plagues were sent, and Pharaoh realizes that Sarah is not uh, Abraham's sister. It wasn't a complete lie. I'll let you look all of that up. Uh, but he realizes that uh, Sarah is the wife of Abraham, and uh, she is given back to him. And not only is she given back to him, but a lot of blessings uh financial or at least what have been what would have been considered wealth would have been given to Abraham at that time. Uh, a similar story happens again in uh, in Genesis chapter 20 where Abraham does similarly with uh, King Abimelech. And uh, so we will see that for the first time that monogamy and adultery are addressed uh, and brought to the forefront. Uh, second, we will see for the first time we will be introduced to a, uh, we, we get a new term, at least in Hebrew, it is the term Kohen. Um, it is translated priest. Uh, the first time that we will run into a priest, a Kohen, to the Most High God will be uh, in Genesis chapter 14 uh, with the man Melchizedek. And there's a lot to talk about with Melchizedek. And there's agreement and disagreement on Melchizedek. Suffice to say, it is the first time that we will run into terminology, uh, priestly terminology, priest of the Most High God uh, was Melchizedek. And this is important coming out of that story, coming out of the story of Melchizedek being the priest to the Most High God will also come another interesting point that is still present in our lives today, or at least should be. 
and that is the notion of paying tithe. Um, tithes become overtly talked about in this era. Uh, Abraham comes back from a battle uh, where he wins, um, and he pays tithe of all of the spoil of that battle to Melchizedek. Uh, Jacob also later will pay tithe uh, to the Lord in Genesis 28. Uh, so these are interesting things that are brought to the forefront in this era. Uh, we will see circumcision introduced as the sign of the covenant between God and man. Uh, this is inaugurated with Abraham in Genesis chapter 17. Fornication will be seen as a ghastly thing to the sons of Jacob in Genesis 34. When their sister uh, is violated, uh, This fornication is seen as a ghastly thing. Uh, there's a clear contrast between idolatry and, to, and true worship. And while this may be seen in previous times, it is highlighted. Uh, it is aggressively highlighted, at least in one particular story uh, in Genesis 35, where uh, Jacob tells his household to put away the strange gods that are among them. Uh, and we're gonna only, we will only serve uh, Yahweh. Put away the strange gods. Interestingly enough, uh, he also tells them to take off all of their jewelry. Uh, this is an interesting thing that when it came to worshiping God, that's how they did it. Uh, the idea of marriage between a covenant, uh, between covenant, that marriage should only be between covenant people and not between covenant and non-covenant people is introduced in Genesis 34. Uh, also with the sons of Jacob saying uh, that their sister should not be given in marriage uh, to the, the man of the city and uh, Hebron, I believe, uh, and that the uh, the all of the men of the city would need to become covenant men and display that covenant uh, by being circumcised. And uh, so this is something that was uh, that was these are elements that were introduced in this era of time. All of this is housed in a narrative, a developing narrative that is moving along. Uh, all of these elements you find in a story. They're not uh, given to us by bullet point. They are fit into a narrative, into a story. So uh, there is this, this story moves along. There's, there's uh, in fact, there's several notable stories that are a part of this narr narrative in this era. Um, the story of Abraham and his call, which we will go back to and discuss here in just a moment in a little bit more detail. Uh, Second, also involving Abraham and his son Isaac, is one of the most stressful stories in all of Scripture, especially if you're a parent. Uh, and it is where God asks Abraham to offer his son, his only son, Isaac, uh, upon an altar on Mount Moriah. And uh, this is such a stressful story. Uh, and God stops at the last moment. An angel of the Lord stops the hand of Abraham from plunging the knife down into Isaac and says a very powerful statement that God will provide himself uh, a lamb for a sacrifice. Uh, then another incredible story in this era is the wrestling match uh, between Jacob and the angel of the Lord uh, as he is fleeing from his brother Esau. And out of that wrestling match comes a new distinction for Jacob. He will no longer be called Jacob, but he will be called Israel. And so this is a, these are very important things. Uh, the largest story in this era, the largest story, it's actually the largest story in the entire book of Genesis. The largest story in this era is the story of Joseph and his captivity in Egypt and the preservation of the children of Israel 
uh, in a time of famine in Egypt because Joseph is the second in command. Uh, and this story of Joseph will go all the way to the end of Genesis. I believe the book of Genesis closes somewhere, something like this. And, and Joseph died. Joseph died. That's how Genesis ends. A little less glorious than we would have hoped. Um, so this story will close out the book of Genesis. Uh, this era uh, is the largest era. This dispensation is the largest era in the dispensation or in the book of Genesis. All of the all of the first four dispensations are in the book of Genesis. Uh, the next one uh, will be the dispensation of law, which will simultaneously begin, kind of in an over, overlapping way. It will uh, it will begin at the close of this dispensation. Uh, this dispensation of promise will conclude with the exodus from Egypt, but not just the exodus from Egypt, but the giving of the law to Moses at Mount Sinai. Okay, so very quickly, for the sake of time, let's go back and read the inaugural text that launches this dispensation. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, is where the dispensation of promise, or the patriarchal dispensation, begins. Genesis 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, let's stop for just a second. Anyone who has read the, the book of Genesis read chapter 11 before they read chapter 12. That's how that works. In chapter 11, which was in the previous, uh, which was the failure of the previous uh, dispensation, the dispensation of human government, we see the Tower of Babel. As we look back just one chapter from chapter 12, we see the Tower of Babel. And the failure of that generation or of that dispensation is that the people said, let's build us a city. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let's build us a tower so that we can reach unto heaven. This is talking about the establishment of false religions. And they build a tower so that their name can be great and so that they can have a culture. And we can read right here in the beginning of chapter 12 that this is the antithesis of everything that men said in chapter 11. God is saying to Abraham completely differently in chapter 12, where man said, we'll make a name for ourselves. God is saying, I will make thy name great. Uh, where they say, let's go and build us a city. Uh, eventually, Abraham's going to look for a city whose builder and maker is God. Where they say, let us build us a tower so that we can reach into heaven God is saying, no, heaven will reach into the earth and it will do it through a man. It will do it through Abraham. So that's how that goes. Let me read verse two again. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So this era, this dispensation begins with a call and with a covenant. God calls Abraham and makes a covenant with him. If you will, then I will. Uh, this is the nature of covenants. If you will, then I will. If you don't, then I won't. Uh, that's the nature of covenants. But uh, something different has happened here. This is not the first covenant in Scripture, but this is a different covenant. Something different has happened here uh, that has not happened prior. Uh, <clears throat> all of humanity is affected by this covenant, number one. And as we will see, it's not just that everybody's affected by it, but that it is an everlasting covenant. Now, uh, unlike previous eras, unlike previous covenants, God has chosen to relate to the world through Abraham. Uh, further, all the families of the earth must have a, uh, maybe we could say it this way, they must have a blessed relationship with Abraham if you're going to have a blessed relationship with God. 
uh, as many of you know, the word bless or blessed, uh, it, there's a lot that's packed into that word. Uh, it comes from the Hebrew word um, barak. Uh, and for, as, as it comes from humanity toward God, barak means worship. It means adoration. It means praise. It means to bless the Lord with the, the way that you live, etc. Uh, but that's not, it's not just a one-way thing. God didn't just tell Abraham, you bless me. God, in, in fact, God initiates this. He says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And so as it goes to God, it is adoration. It is worship. It is praise. As it comes, as Barak, as blessing comes from God to humanity, it's talking about favor. It's talking about abundance. Eventually, it will include the idea of salvation, probably even includes it here, the idea of salvation. It's a great word that catches it, the word blessing or blessed or blessed. Uh, it's a great word that catches it. Uh, now, uh, this is a this is different than in previous eras of time where uh, God says, okay, I'm going to deal with all of humanity. I'm going to deal with all of humanity through Abraham. And if you're going to have a good relationship with me, you're going to have a good relationship with Abraham. Uh, if you're going to be blessed, you're going to be blessed because you bless Abraham. And if you're going to be cursed, it, that's the Hebrew word, ar, uh, it, which is the breaking down. It's, it's, a, it's a breaking down. It's a stunting. Uh, if you're going to be blessed, ar, or if you're going to be, or you're going to be blessed, Barak, or if you're going to be cursed, ar, we'll get that right. Um, this is, this is, you're going to be blessed because you bless Abraham. You're going to be cursed because you curse Abraham. So this is different than anything God has done previously. Uh, and God is dealing with humanity prior to this. God deals with humanity as a whole. Uh, I'm going to flood the whole earth. Um, I'm going to confound everybody's language. This is different. This is different. Now, uh, there are, there can, there's the possibility of both blessed and cursed people. And it depends on their relationship with Abraham. So we're aware that things are different in this time, in this dispensation than in previous eras. And uh, while there's much more than we can uncover in this short span of time, we can touch on the larger elements of this dispensation. And some of them we have, uh, but let's talk about, let's talk about three things. Um, Number one, the blessing of Abraham is everlasting. We touched on this. Let's talk about it for just a second. The blessing of Abraham is everlasting and is conducted into the future through Abraham's children. Uh, it is everlasting and it is conducted, carried forward into the future through Abraham's children. Let me read one scripture or one, uh, a few scriptures that demonstrate uh, that this blessing can be carried from one generation to the next. Genesis chapter 17, verses three through eight. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall, thou, shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. I want you to notice the particular language that God uses here. It is the language of blessing. This is the particular language that God uses. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. This is, this is blessed language. And I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. This is the language of blessing. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee. Notice this. This is talking about, it's, he's going to begin to talk about the fact that this blessing can be conducted forward through the seed of Abraham. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee, 
in their generations. Notice this, for an everlasting covenant. It's an everlasting covenant conducted forward in this manner. Uh, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee. And notice this, and to thy seed after thee. He's, he's doubling down on this. He's repeating it. Uh, he said now, he's talked about generations, thy seed after thee. He said thy seed after thee twice. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee. There it is again. The land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan, here it is again, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Let's skip down to verse 19, Genesis chapter 17. This is, it's not in the, in the verses that we just read, uh, three through eight, it talks about, it's more broad, generations, seed. But in chapter 17, verse 19, it's going to get very specific. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. There it is again. And with his seed after him. So this is talking specifically about Isaac. Uh, and then the promise goes from Isaac to Jacob. Esau will disdain his birthright and Jacob will get it. Uh, so it goes from Isaac to Jacob. It will go from Jacob to Judah. Uh, it will go from Judah to David. It will go from David to Jesus Christ all down, on, down the line. And then eventually it's going to come to you and I, uh, it, which is recorded in Galatians 3.29, where we, if we are baptized into Christ, uh, then we become Abraham's seed. So there are many things that are important to us in this dispensation, uh, many things that affect our lives today. We, just, we did our best to just kind of skip across the top of them. There's a lot of preaching here, a lot of teaching, a lot to understand, a lot to dig into. Uh, and all of these things that we talk about and that have we've skipped across the surface, these things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And for us, by being baptized into Christ, by being filled with the Holy Ghost, we become heirs of the of the promise of Abraham. So this is the dispensation of promise or the dispensation of the patriarchs. There's a lot that's in it. There's more to dig into. Dig into it. Enjoy it. We look forward to moving forward in these uh, in this discussion of a dispensational reading of Scripture. And we hope you join us. God bless you.